to know in order to succeed in marriage. From practical advice to current events, this is the EXO Podcast. Now here's your host, Brent Evans. Hey everybody, this is the EXO Podcast. Welcome. We are here uh, and back from South Carolina. EXO Conferences last weekend in South Carolina was amazing. And our team is back. We're doing well, but thank you for being with us. We are doing this thing all over again. We love talking to everyone here about marriage and relationships and how to thrive in life and in love. We love coming to you every week. Facebook Live audience, hello. We love it whenever you tune in. And uh, I know a lot of you are are in that season of life where you're looking for marriage help and marriage relationships, and that's why we're here. Uh, my father, Jimmy Evans, founded Marriage Today 25 years ago, and so we have a lot to share with you. We have some special guests today. Dave and Ashley Willis will be on the podcast today. They'll be on the next segment, and we've got some exciting news from them that we want to share with you. But first, my co-host today, Caitlin Edwards. What's up? Happy to be here. You took a little hiatus. I did. We were in conference season, and uh, things were crazy. I know. I have kids. I don't get to go on the road the way I used to. I know. But uh, but you're back. You've got some good good stuff for us today. Yeah. And also Emily Green. Hello, hello. The EXO queen herself. Director of events, all things EXO. It's good oh. stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. great. So we're going to be talking today with the Willises. They've got some great uh, stuff they're going to share with everyone. 25 tips on how to build a great relationship. I mean, some of their best advice on marriage coming up in the next couple of segments. And we're also going to be taking Facebook Live questions. So if you have questions for the Willises or for these gals up here or for myself, put those in the Facebook queue. We're going to be asking those. And we are giving away some uh, merchandise. I've got it over here on the table. If we ask your question on Facebook, your questions from Facebook on the podcast today, we're going to be sending you some Exo swag. So, And it's cool stuff. It's awesome. All of our Exo swag is Got some legit. t-shirts, got some swell bottles. It's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... We are going uh, talk to our audience about South Carolina, but also where we're going next because we've got a couple of shows coming up. Yeah, so we just got back uh, Sunday from South Carolina. We were at New Spring Church, which was awesome. Um, we had about 2,000 people there and then five campuses um, displayed across the whole wow. state. So it was a really, really great conference. A lot of good feedback. Um, a lot of people excited. Um, we haven't been there before, so it was awesome. Um, the conference, yeah, it was just amazing. It was a great amazing. time. Of, we've heard some amazing testimonies of, you know, 30-year marriages healed in a day. Wow. Um, so it's just really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The lineup, who, who spoke at the conference this last time? Uh, so, of course, Jimmy Evans, Karen, um, made a surprise visit. <laughs> so everyone loved that. It was a great interview. Everyone um, always some, wants to hear from Karen. It was great. Her perspective. Um, you know, on marriage and just her experiences was awesome. So, um, and then we had Miles McPherson, who's an EXO favorite. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then Brad Cooper, he's actually a pastor at New Spring Church, was amazing. We actually had a live potter on stage. Um, It was amazing. It was really, really amazing. I've never heard him speak. He was great. He was great. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole uh, illustration with the pot, he Mm -hmm. had a guy on stage making pottery and, uh, uh, Patrick Swayze was playing. The Righteous Brothers was playing in the background. No, no. <laughs> Somebody was behind him, with their hands in the mud. No, but the, uh, the illustration was that you know so many times we want to work on the inside of our spouse, but that's really God's job. Yeah, is to form the inside, and mm-hmm. we're supposed to kind of mold the outside yeah. together. And uh, it really worked well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many Super people cool. are visual people. Like you can sit, you know, you can sit in an audience and listen to someone speak all day. But to have an actual visual representation of what they're speaking about, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really great. And a lot of people received it really well. So, so cool. it was awesome. Miles McPherson was there this time too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. Uh, so we are going on the road 
yeah. next month. Mm -hmm. Talk about where we're headed. Yeah, so we've got a little a little break here, which is nice. <laughs> um, in a couple weeks, we'll be in Jacksonville, Florida, at Celebration Church, um, and then the very next week, the twenty first of April, we'll be uh, back in Houston. So mm. back to back events again, but it's awesome. God's up to something great. So, so um, cool. yeah, and then we'll take a little break, and then in the fall, we'll be in Austin. Yeah, good. So yeah. Well, Jacksonville's gonna be great. Um, we have Jefferson Bethke, the Willises. Mm -hmm. Uh, my parents will mm -hmm. be there. Um, yeah. Who else am I missing? Oh, uh, Soval Weems uh -huh. from Celebration yep. Church. Yep, from Celebration Great Church. Great church mm -hmm. in Jacksonville. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really good people there. Of course, it's by the beach, so you can't, if you want a destination city, you got to come. It's beautiful. It's like spring break time. Yeah. It's going to be gorgeous. It's going to be gorgeous. And uh, and then we go to Houston. Houston's also wonderful. And mm -hmm. the church there, Grace Church, of course, they were affected by the hurricane yeah. last year. And we uh, we had to call an audible at the last minute mm -hmm. and head to Oklahoma City last year. Mm -hmm. So we're going back to Houston. Houston, if you're if you're listening to us, come. Anybody in the surrounding areas, come. Yeah. Celebrate what's happened at Grace Church, and they've recovered mm -hmm. from the hurricane effort. The church looks amazing. Uh, they can see 6,000 people in that room, so let's fill it up Yeah. there in Houston and celebrate marriage in April. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah, so I'm cool. excited. And, uh, yeah, so our Facebook audience can't really see your face right now, but that's okay. <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> It's behind those, the scenes. Yeah, we can mm -hmm. we can put a, a dark wig on anybody and put it behind a microphone. <laughs> It'd be Emily Green, director of events. It's really Brent. You yeah. just keep switching from seat to seat. Yeah. He's got a black one. That's on. right. Yeah. Well, before we dive into the news, I was talking uh, with some people earlier and also just been thinking about uh, an article I wrote, uh, I read of, of John Acuff's. John Acuff was, mm -hmm. he's a blogger, uh, social media guy. He's been around for a long time, but he wrote a blog post, this was years ago, about him, him and his wife have two Adirondack chairs in their backyard. Mm-hmm. And every day, at the end of the day, they sit in those chairs, and that's their time together, uninterrupted time, together to just talk. Right? It's so in their backyard. It's a nice, peaceful setting back there. Uh, their kids are typically in bed by that time. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of sit back there and unpack the day. And so my wife and I have kind of had places here or there, really nothing great, but we just put a hot tub in our house. And that has been the best place for hot tub talk time. I'm and surprised I, any talking gets I done. I know. Well, so our backyard's not totally private, so there's no crazy stuff happening in the hot tub. Uh, but what we found is every day, especially since it's been so cold outside uh, here in Dallas, that it's the perfect place for us to just mm -hmm. get in there. It's peaceful out there at night. Kids are already in bed. And we really just talk. That's where we mm -hmm. can kind of just share, talk about our day. No TV. Um, yeah, you're, you're not bringing the iPhone in the mm -hmm. hot tub with you. There's no distractions, no TV. It's just peaceful. It's, it's just a great time. So um, I encourage you, if you haven't found that place for you and your spouse, it, it has blessed our marriage. Mm -hmm. just in, we've been married for 20 years this month, so we've been married a long time. And even in the last three months with this kind of new addition to our family, uh, the hot tub. Um, the hot tub baby. The hot tub baby. <laughs> Easy. Um, is that, you know, we, we have found that it's just brought us a little closer together, having that uninterrupted space uh, to share our day about. So totally. It's great. For you guys, uh, Emily, you first. Do you all have any place that you go to? Or you, Justin. Justin's yeah. a, a pastor at Gateway Church on staff mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been married 11 years, so we're, you know, halfway, halfway to your 20-year mark. Mm -hmm. um, but we have three small children, 10 and under, so finding that quiet space is a little challenging for you working moms out there. You'll know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so really, it's just being flexible for us, you know, whether it's getting ready in the morning um, or, you know, driving home from work or on the phone, hopefully no one's screaming in the back, mm -hmm. um, but just being really intentional on any, any silent moment that we have, you know, taking advantage of kind of just how was your day? What are you up to? You know, 
what are you up to? It sounds like we're <laughs> roommates. We are not just roommates. But, um, you know, just being intentional and finding a space, yeah. you know, anywhere and everywhere we are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's important. Yeah. yeah. Busy season with three kids. I've got yes. the same. Yeah. Same spread. Yep. It makes it so difficult. This is a new, having children is a new season for me. I've got 11 month old twins and finding time has been really difficult, but my husband has a 45 minute commute. And so I know that's a time when I can put the girls in their playroom, they can play and we talk. I know I have that 45 minutes. He's just on the road. We talk for 45 minutes. And then when the girls go to bed, we have some more time together face to face. Mm -hmm. But I know that I kind of get the download of the day during that time. Mm -hmm. It's a good time for us to at least get everything out there that we've been dealing with during the day. That helps with commutes too, because when I'm on the phone, the drive time goes so much faster. Yeah, yeah. totally. He enjoys it. It's a, he's more, um, even sometimes more willing to talk then mm-hmm. than when he gets home and he's kind of de- de- decompressing from the day. Sure. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. It's good. So uh, thank you, John Acuff, for the thought back in the day, but um, <laughs> now I've turned it into a hot tub. <laughs> Share with us on Facebook where you guys like to have yeah. your quiet time. I yeah, I know. do. We love to hear it uh, and uh, find some cool places for us to uh, share mm-hmm. on the podcast one of these days. Uh, okay, so Caitlin, news. Yeah, we. so I'm always keeping an eye on what's going on in the news, looking for articles and things that are new and relevant. Um, but I wanted to share, in light of recent events, some marriage advice that Reverend Billy Graham gave. Um, he and his wife, Ruth, had been married for 63 years before his wife passed away. And um, as everybody knows, he recently just passed away as well. We've been celebrating his homegoing. I'm sure it was epic in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had some really good advice. 63 years is a long time a to long be married. Time. And um, he was a busy man who had to travel all over the world, but they, they had a really great relationship. And what he said, he said that um, for him, the foundation to a secret the secret and the foundation to a lasting marriage was making grace the foundation of the whole thing. Um, He said, while most people believe relationships are all about being compatible, he had mentioned that it was about being happily incompatible, which I thought was really neat. He was quoted as saying, if two people agree on everything, one of them's unnecessary. So he liked that the dichotomy of having two people that agree, uh, disagreed sometimes, but could work through it. He said, being human, not one of us will ever have a relationship with another person that doesn't have a wrinkle or a wart on it somewhere. He said, the unblemished ideal exists only in happily ever after fairy tales, but that when you put God at the center of your relationship and you allow him to rule, that's what makes it work. So I love that. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a fairy tale. You can even disagree on things sometimes, but that incompatibility is what makes us a good team. Yeah. And that was great advice. He, lived, advice. he was a, really had a good example for his whole life. And they modeled it, too. It wasn't just the, the words that he spoke. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's what they showcased. Yes, especially just in the weeks following his death. Everybody's words about him have just been that he was the real deal, even in person. In his real life, he lived what he preached. And I know that was true of his marriage as well. So that was good advice to live by by Reverend Billy Graham. The next article that I have is from the Daily Mail, and it's about honor and respect and, the men, and men's need for that, which... I think is really cool. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not Daily Mail, it's Daily Wire, which I think is really neat to have a secular media outlet talking about this real biblical need that men have. And so this article dives deep into our culture's tendency to reduce husbands to, and this is directly from the article, I quote, worthless oafs who should be handled accordingly until they prove themselves worthy of better treatment. They say your husband might deserve it when you mock him, berate him, belittle him, or nag him, but you don't marry someone in order to give them what they deserve. In marriage, you give them what you've promised. Mm. So it doesn't matter if they're not holding up their end of the deal or if there there are some things you wish you could encourage them to do better. 
doing that, nagging, not giving them that respect that they're owed helps or encourages them not to live up to what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. They said when we dole out the respect, that respect in spite of how they're behaving, it actually helps them to become all that you'd like them to be. Mm-hmm. The article quotes G.K. Chesterton, which I loved this quote. It said, the great lesson of beauty and the beast is that a thing must be loved before it is lovable. And they said, I would only add that a man must also be respected before he's respectable. Mm-hmm. And that that comes, that kind of, that cart comes before the horse. But if a man feels more like a man when he's away from his wife and at work or away from the home, that's a disaster. And the disaster's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So the title of this article itself was The Most Effective Way to Destroy Your Husband, Ruin Your Marriage, and Encourage Infidelity. And that's it's a headline wow. grabber. So wow. true. I mean, it's kind of grim and brutal, but I love it that they're talking so much these days. People are afraid to talk about this honor and respect thing, Mm -hmm. especially in the culture where we're elevating women and women certainly deserve to be elevated. But it's important to note that we can't just treat men like they're garbage. You know, it just marriages don't work that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you saw that Oscars of the night. I mean, oh my gosh, it was was, brutal. I mean, if you were a man that night, you just had to get your, you know, take your licks and stuff. But I was sort of thinking now it's like, it's just swung the other way mm-hmm. where, I mean, I'm all for women feeling like they have equality on every level, mm-hmm. but there is a best actor and a best actress category. So yeah. I'm going to just lump them all together. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and then whenever there's men involved at the, at the end of the night, it was like, we have uh, four men and a woman mm-hmm. that are in this, in this category. And then, but it's just the way they were saying it, it was like, it sort of mm-hmm. devalued, disrespected yeah, all the men in those and right. all the work they had done. And it's it's a double standard. I, I mean, know. this article was even, it goes into detail and we'll link it um, on our show notes so you can read this full article if you'd like to. But what they were talking about is even in homes, you know, you see or on TV and in movies, the man's in the doghouse and he gets, you know, sent out of bed and onto mm-hmm. the couch. But if a man did that to a woman, it would, their friends would be telling them, oh my gosh, we're calling, you know, we're yeah. calling the police or you need to divorce him. You can't that treatment's unfair. If it's unfair to treat a woman that way, it's unfair to treat a man that way. It's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's all kinds of discrepancies like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of the grace aspect that you had quoted about Billy Graham. It's just like mm-hmm. you have to give grace to get grace, you know? Right. So it's just, it's a double standard that I feel like the public eye has just taken completely out of context. It, it's just, mm-hmm. I actually didn't even watch them the other night because I was like, I just can't. It's going to be, you know, feministic or, you know, mm-hmm. like, I just I couldn't watch him. It's just gone too far. Yeah. I think it's just gone too and that's far. And that that is a glimpse into probably the extreme part of our society. Yeah. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but there's still like the the younger generations coming up. They're starting to be sown those thoughts through media mm-hmm. yeah. and TV programs and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just was thinking about the other day. There's going to be a, a a generation that comes up. There's still people holding to values that are mm-hmm. older. There's going to be a generation coming up that don't have those same values, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's going to be completely different in 30 years mm-hmm. the way it is now. Now I sound like I'm really old. No, but <laughs> even the way we portray men and fathers on television, it's always a doofus dad. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the dad's always a doofus. It's always he's the idiot did. in the family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's just disrespectful to men, yeah. but it's a problem, and even the secular media are realizing it, that marriages can't last if you're going to be disrespectful to men. Good. Yeah. Good news, news articles today. Mm-hmm. Love talking about that. Um, Okay, so coming up on the next segment, we have Dave and Ashley Willis, and we'll be giving away. Actually, we're not giving away. Well, yeah, we are giving it away. We swag. are. We are giving yeah, away swag for Facebook. Hey, Facebook audience, hello. <laughs> we're so If you have a here. question for our guest today, Dave and Ashley Willis, put those in the queue right now. We are giving away some swag. But also coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to you and to everyone on the podcast today 
but how you can get a 31-day devotional free from Dave and Ashley Willis. So next up, we'll be talking about that. Watch this clip, and we'll see you back soon. I remember the day that I was in our basement, and I was, I don't know, doing something on the computer, and for some reason, these sites came up. And I remember my first thought, because I held my husband so high, and I still, I still do. I mean, we've, we've gone through, you know, we went through all of that. But I, I just at that moment, I thought, oh my gosh, someone has broken into our house and gone to our basement and looked at porn. Why didn't I think of yes. that? I mean, that... Okay. Like, I really thought that. Like, because I, I just no, was I'm... so so perplexed and like, where did these sites come from? And I mean, this couldn't be Dave, this couldn't be Dave. And then it like dawned on me. It was like God saying, Ashley, I am ripping the bandaid off here and this is what's going on. And it was like, Dave always says it was like the worst thing and the best thing that happened all at once. Because y'all, I knew something was up. Like I felt the, the little bit of ceiling kind of on our relationship, especially when it came to sex, I felt like something was a little off. And it was like at that moment when I found those sites, I was like, oh, oh this is what's going on. This is why something's a little off here. And so I did, you know, I was angry. I was hurt. It was all this mixture of feelings. And I I did the only thing that I could do in that moment. I called him at work because I knew I didn't want to wait. I wanted to address this right away. And all I said to him on the phone was he answered. He was like, hello. And I said, hey, sweetie, do you have anything that you need to tell me? That's all I said. Guys, if your wife ever calls you (laughs) and says that to you, just start confessing to everything you've ever done. Like when I was in third grade, I stole this candy and just kind of just all of it. Just, just get it all out. Trust me. <laughs> but let me tell you, he immediately, I mean, it, it's, it's funny how these things work. He immediately was like, you, you saw what I saw on the computer. And he said, Ashley, I, I wish I had had the guts to tell you I was dealing with this, but I'm so glad you found it. And I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. And we kind of went through the steps. You know, I was able to forgive Dave, which made trust possible because forgiveness and trust are two different, two different things, things, completely different things. And he took those steps necessary to get help with this habit, this nasty habit that so many men and even women struggle with. And after we went through those steps, we put a filter system on all of our devices. We still have one till this day. This was many, many years ago that we dealt with this. But, you know, you take those steps together. And let me tell you, I'm so glad that when we were going through that, we, we went through that in the love seat. That's right. We, went, we chose to go through that in the love seat because we would not have been able to get through it on our own. That's right. When you're going through problems, you know, any problem that you're facing is really not a his and her problem. It's our problem. It doesn't matter what it is. And, and, and that's how we have to face it because if we don't, we're just going to drift further and further and further apart. We're back from the break. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the time today on the podcast and the clip that we just watched. Hey, we have some special guests today. Really, really, really big deals. The Willises, Dave and Ashley Willis. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. Always a pleasure to be on the podcast with you. From Augusta, Georgia. Uh, We were two hours away from you guys last weekend. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but y'all are here on the podcast today. We're going to be talking with you here coming up on the 25 things, the marriage advice, the best marriage advice y'all have ever given, the 25 best Mm. tips on marriage that you've ever given. We're talking about those in a few minutes, but first, you guys are now officially part of the Marriage Today team, and we're excited to announce that on the podcast today. No, we're excited. I mean, we are... We've we've been like not only admirers but like stalkers of you, like creepy stalker <laughs> yes. level of just yeah. following everything from a distance and loving everything Marriage Today puts out. And so to be part of the family now 
to be part of the team. I mean, we're just still pinching ourselves we and are. just honored and yes. excited about what's to come. It is. It has really been a great transition process for us to kind of move into a space where we can connect with you on a deeper level. And before we talk about more about that, Facebook audience, if you have questions for the Willises today, please put those in the queue. We'll be giving away some exo swag to those questions that we use on the podcast today. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we we love your ministry and what you've done through Stronger Marriages on Facebook, your writing, your speaking, and uh, you all are great together. And so uh, even this last exo exo uh, conference we did with you all at Gateway Church, um, your talk was on sex was awesome. So good. And really good. got great feedback from it. It was informative, funny, real. I don't prance around, you know, the, the, the dangerous topics of sex. You use funny <laughs> curling iron demonstrations about... <laughs> no one no ever looks at the curling iron the same way Never. again. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to meet your parents. Um, but <laughs> They're it, awesome. It was, uh, it was just great. And so, and then all your writing and just the way you communicate about marriage and the season of your life you're in, you bring a perspective that I feel like will be a great addition to the Marriage Today universe. And so welcome to the Marriage Today family. No, well, thanks for thank you. Us. Seriously, we're, we're thrilled. You're honored. So we have, we have a page for Dave and Ashley on our website. If you go to marriagetoday.com forward slash Dave and Ashley Willis, you can also get the link from our homepage, but that's the direct URL. If you go on that page, you'll get a, three, a free 31-day devotional from the Willises that you can uh, use immediately. Once you put in your email address, you get the devotional immediately. It's free, and uh, I know it'll bless you if you get that, that resource. And so it's a devotional just for you. Okay, guys, so today we're talking about the best marriage tips and the best marriage advice that y'all have found. Y'all put it into a 25-group uh, list. Um, so let's, let's start there. Why did y'all write that piece of advice and the, and the article put together, and where did it come from? Well, it came from just life experience in our own life, and it also came from just talking to people older and wiser than we were uh, every time we do a marriage event, we, we try to look for the couple that the oldest couple in the room that seems like they still really love and like each other. And we just kind of make a beeline to those folks and say, all right, tell us the secret. What's your best advice? And, and we just sort of mentally compiled that because we wanted to learn all we can so that we can apply it to our own marriage. And then also so that we can teach it to others with the, you know, with this marriage ministry God's entrusted to us. And, um, and so we thought putting it all together in kind of one user-friendly uh, list, or the, it's just these little nuggets, you know, sometimes people don't have time to sit down and read a whole book, but they can spend 60 seconds and read through a list of 25 things, and each one of those 25 things um, has made a life-changing impact in our marriage, and so we just thought it, it could make a life-changing impact in others, too. That's good. That's right. <clears throat> well, I know it's popular, and people people <laughs> read it, and people uh, share it. They do. Um, so the first one is Choose to love each other, even in those moments when you struggle to like each other. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's pretty straightforward. But talk about choosing to love each other, even in those moments when you struggle to like each other. Because love and like are two different feelings. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Well, I mean, I think that the longer we're married, we realize that, you know, once the honeymoon phase is over, that we all have little quirks and we can be in bad moods and we can just rub each other the wrong way. And so that's where, you know, your commitment is bigger than just how you feel in the moment. And I know, gosh, I mean, early on, I remember one day, Dave, um, he was just in a bad mood. And I was like, sweetie, what is wrong? And he was like, I can be hot and I can be tired and I can be hungry, but I cannot be hot, tired and hungry all at the same time. <laughs> and I was like, that a note well taken. And I was like, well, when he's hot, tired and hungry, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to be extra gentle. And it's like choosing to know 
you know, when, when they're not at their best and kind of giving them the grace, just like you talked about earlier, giving them the grace to know that, hey, they're not perfect and we all have our preferences and times when we're just, you know, we can be a little hard and I certainly have those moments. And so it's, I think it's all about talking about that and just learning that and um, assuming the best instead of the, the worst of our spouse. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, we don't have time to go through this whole list, but I'm going to make my way through it. Uh, the second one, though, is always answer the phone when your husband and wife are calling. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you still answer the phone every single time that you, each other call each other? We try. We try our best. <laughs> yeah, we really do try. Like, I, even if I'm, if I'm with somebody and I see that's actually calling, um, I'll say, hey, hang on just a second. It's, and, and I'll take it and I'll say, hey, sweetie, I'm, um, I'm actually tied up, but are you okay? Like, I'll just check in and say, yeah. you okay? Can I call you back? Now, there are times that I don't get to it. There are times that it's just impossible. But when you try to make that an effort um, to, I mean, these, these phones, these are great tools for staying connected, but they can also be big distractions for mm-hmm. becoming a watch to stay apart. So I think how you handle your phone is a big indicator of, of just the current health in your marriage. Like it's, it's, are you making it a priority to use it to communicate with your spouse or are you using it a diversion to not communicate, even when you're in the same room, are you both just constantly on your phones doing other things? And there are certainly times we're on our phones messing around, but yeah. try to use your phone as a tool to stay connected and not not as just a distraction to stay apart. Well, I think, too, when you answer your phone and when you answer that text, it lets your spouse know they're important. And right. I think that's just the bottom line. It's, it's like you're important and I want to respond back to you. Okay. Good. I think number three is really straightforward. Make time together a priority. Uh, but I think this next next one, number four, surround yourself with friends who will strengthen your marriage has got to be one of the uh, keys to having a long-term successful mm-hmm. relationship because mm-hmm. bad company corrupts good morals. And I've seen that over good. and over yeah. and over again. Yes. It's so true. And, you know, I think that, I don't know, and I think Dave, Dave is the one who had said this, and I just thought this is so true, that when your closest friends, I mean, certainly we have a wide variety of friends, but your closest friends, the one who really speak into your life, if they, they need to like love God first and foremost, love you, love your spouse and be pro marriage, you know, be for your marriage. And if they are not all four of those things, then they probably should not be one who can speak into your life and give mm-hmm. you advice because it's not going to be the most sound advice. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Either good or bad, your friends are going to have a huge impact on your marriage. And yeah. I just did a vow renewal ceremony for some friends that were, they were ready to get divorced. Oh, yeah. I mean, their marriage was just on the rocks. And they said the main thing that turned it around was that they they had friends in their life who were all those things they actually yeah. just said they loved friends who loved them, loved the Lord, loved marriage, who were pouring into it. If the only people in your life are people who are who are negative about your spouse or negative about marriage in general or don't share your same faith, so their life's not built on that same foundation, they're most likely going to start to look mm-hmm. like the marriages of the people that are closest to you. And so you gotta be so intentional about choosing your your inner circle well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really good. Um, my dad always says that uh, he's got a group of friends. If there's any of his buddies that came into the group and was like bashing his their wife or saying something negative, they get their butts kicked. I mean, all the guys are pretty like protective mm-hmm. of that marriage environment, and so they they, they self police. They keep mm-hmm. each other accountable to, you know, even if you're struggling in your marriage, don't come in just griping about um, about your situation. Like talk through it, share what's going on, and they'll help you. But uh, they yeah. kind of keep the temperature in the right direction related to marriage and don't let the conversation go towards obviously there's um there's times and opportunities when you're around certain people that they start to encourage you to research divorce lawyers or Mm -hmm. move out separate 
uh, get out of that house. And they don't really understand how to stand with somebody in, in prayer and in, in uh, encouragement yeah. to kind of push through it and be godly. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say, Caitlin? Can we skip down a few? Absolutely. We're going to, should we, can we link all of these for people to see? Um, we will. We'll post a link to these. Uh, it'll be, it'll be through our Marriage Today page. We'll post this on the show notes um, whenever we post this on Thursday. So. Yeah. Can you talk, guys talk a little bit about number 12? Don't put your marriage on hold while you're raising your kids or else you'll end up with an empty nest and an empty marriage. Oh yeah. No, and I think this is such a temptation. It's so easy to fall into this because mm-hmm. your kids, you know, they can, they require so much of your time and attention. And we've got four boys ages 12 to three. And so we totally get how we can have that tendency to want to put our marriage on hold, but mm-hmm. more and more, the more couples we talk to, I mean, you just can't do that because yeah. if we're not investing daily, then we're going to feel that later. And, and, you know, you're going to raise your kids, they're going to leave. And then you can be with a stranger because, mm-hmm. you know, you haven't taken the time to really stay connected to each other. And so I think parents especially need to schedule a regular date night. That may be weekly. That may be twice a month, once a month, whatever it is, make it a regular time and, and just go out together without the kids. Because I think, I don't know about most people, but I would say it's probably very similar. Like with us, when our children are all in the house, it's very hard to have a coherent conversation. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I can barely gather thoughts. And so it's really hard to have a good conversation with your spouse during that time. So it's important to get away, um, to go to events like the XO conference. I mean, that, that gives you a chance not only to have time together, but time to talk about your marriage and talk about your hopes and your dreams and, mm-hmm. and everything that goes along with that. Yeah. Great so advice. Yeah. Great advice. Uh, make laughter the soundtrack of your marriage was one of the ones I saw. Sense of humor is huge. And being able to yes. laugh together is huge for a marriage. How do people keep that how do they keep that as a discipline in their lives? As, well, as a discipline, I try to make sure that Ashley sees my butt at least once a day. And <laughs> well, honestly, you, you, usually in public. And, the, like, and we don't mean like in a sexual way. This isn't like a funny no, way. No, like, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm like hoping it might be They're like, I can't way. believe they're saying <laughs> No, like, right it's just, it's an honest answer. Like, you know, you're I mean, laughing like, about I'm it. Like, I like, drop my pants and kind of like put my shirt over the crack and then in front of the car and just kind of lift the shirt up and then I look every time she laughs. So. He also scares me, you all. I'm so easily frightened. So I'll see people a hide. all the time because yes. she's she's got this, she startles I startle so bad. And, and I'm like a ninja cat. He like I'm, I'm quiet. And so yeah. I just kind of like get up and I'll just stand there and wait for her to turn around. And all of a sudden I'll see this like figure and I'm like, <laughs> so every, every day, at least once a day, I, you know, scare, and then we laugh, yes. or I and and I also show her a lot of crack, and she laughs at that. I love it, and, and, I, and I have a lot of dad jokes. I've got quite a repertoire of okay. really cheesy bad dad, dad jokes. But she loves. So it probably no one depends else would on probably the like them, but she loves them. And, <laughs> I do love them. And ladies, I'm telling you, when you you laugh at, at your husband's jokes as bad as they are, like this part's like real marriage advice. It it actually is a huge boost to his confidence. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, make him feel like he's funny and. And yeah, so, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. It's awesome. Show a little crack. Show a little crack. <laughs> that's more than you wanted to know. <laughs> no, it is. That's a great, a great illustration, Dave. Appreciate it. It's going to bless somebody. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's our next book. The, Give us a show of the crack. Yeah. <laughs> The crack-proof marriage. The- so one of these I saw was uh, give your best to each other, not your leftovers, after you've given your best to everyone else. How do you how do you keep that regular uh, in your marriage? Because so oftentimes, even especially from my perspective, you know, I've got people I meet with during the day. I've got things I've got to do uh, in my life. Give you know, give some things to myself so I can give away things. Kids, 
you know, you just have priorities. Now that we're in season mm-hmm. of young kids, we have homework every night, or uh, like my son has soccer tonight. And then to come, we'll be in the hot tub tonight later on. <laughs> hot tub talk time. But how do you how do you not give the leftovers on a regular basis to your spouse? What what's y'all's key to success there? Your butt? Is it your butt still, Dave? <laughs> that really helps. I would say, honestly, we really, and this is something, too, I think you have to really train yourself to be aware of, but we really try to pay attention to our tone. I think tone of voice is so huge. Like, you might not, you know, you might not say harsh words necessarily to each other, but your tone can be so cutting. And so um, we really, over the years, have really, you know, we want to speak to each other with a kind tone, assuming the best. And, um, and that means, you know, we don't just... You know, like you said, we're not just pleasant with everyone else and then come home just frustrated and let it out on our spouse. So I think one thing, too, that I know that we do, too, if we are frustrated, we try to, like, take a little time out and go and kind of cool down. I think sometimes you can't, you know, you're not mad at your spouse necessarily, but you're just frustrated and you start talking in this horrible tone towards them. And before you know it, you're in a fight. And it wasn't even because of any issue between the two of you. And so it's important when you know that you are kind of just in a bad place to go and, and go for a run or go to your room for a minute and just kind of gather yourself. Mm. I think that's helpful. It's mm-hmm. good. Okay. What else do you want? Why do you think it's important to always wear your wedding ring? And what do you think about people who maybe just do like a tattoo instead of a wedding ring or who don't think it's important to wear it? What, why is that a big deal? It's a great one. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think that it's not that the ring itself, like it's it's not like the Lord of the Rings ring where there's magical power in it, but what it represents is something that's so profound. And I think that in our world where everyday people are just cultural-wide devaluing marriage and, and the sacred covenant of that, I think that marriage, we have to make sure that it's both a private relationship and a very public relationship. If the people in your life don't know that you're married, that's messed up. Like yeah. if the people that you work with don't know that you're married, then I would say you have, you know, a toxic work environment or a really bad marriage or both. You, we need to make our marriage part of every part of our life by how we talk about our spouse in public and at work, but also just by simple ways of honoring our spouse. And I think wearing a wedding ring is a simple and easy way to, to honor your spouse, to send the silent message that, that I'm, I'm committed to my marriage, I'm committed to my spouse. It's not that a wedding ring in itself makes you a good spouse. But I would ask for the person that never wants to wear it, why? Why meets you for the first time? When someone of the opposite sex especially meets you for the first time, one of the first things they will notice about you is whether or not you have a ring. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to make assumptions about your availability mm-hmm. based on that ring's presence or that ring's absence. And so yeah. it's just a simple way to safeguard your marriage. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes you're, you're in a work situation where you can't wear it. You're, you're an electrician. You're, you know, you're working around things where it's dangerous to have it on. Um, you know, there, there are times where you might have to take it off or to, to put on a silicone ring or the folks that get a tattoo. I think it's not about the ring itself as much as it's in our culture. This is this is a symbol that says I'm married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ever wearing it, then you're sending that message that either says I'm not married or I don't value my my marriage. Yeah. And you might think, well, that's not the message I'm trying to send, but that's the message people are receiving. And so mm-hmm. so just just wear it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Uh, when I got married, somebody came up to me after I got married and said, hey, do you want to see the world's smallest handcuffs? And he pointed to my ring. I was oh, like, no. dude, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <Just> we celebrated. <laughs> There's always somebody always like, somebody oh, that makes gosh. it a Debbie Downer moment. That uh, is Debbie Downer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, uh, but the ring is important. My dad, one time, uh, we were doing some TV tapings, and he had to take his ring. He had to get it cut off, and he was getting a new ring. 
and just happened to be right around some TV tapings. We got so much mail and email about you can't why would be the Jimmy Evans guy. not be wearing his wedding ring? Can't be the marriage guy and not wear your so, ring. <laughs> it is, people notice it. People do notice it. It's a good point. They do. They do. Okay, we will be posting these 25 marriage tips on our page and on the show notes uh, on Thursday. So thank you guys for this segment. That was really good stuff. When we return, Facebook Live questions. Facebook audience will be giving away some EXO merch. There's a lot of good questions coming questions. in. Yes, we're selecting, if we select yours, we'll send you something. EXO. So watch this clip, uh, guys, and we will be back right after this. Marriage requires the character of Jesus, and Jesus is humble. And Jesus is a servant. And so when Karen and I first got married, and when I was dominating Karen, we had a horrible marriage because dominance just simply doesn't work. Research has proven that when you have shared control of a relationship and you treat each other with respect as equals, there's tremendous intimacy and goodwill. But when you have dominance within a relationship, the goodwill of the relationship falls. Let me do my poll here. I've done this all over the world, hundreds of thousands of people live, and I want you to see the response. And at all the simulcast sites, I want you to respond to two questions. Now, if you're with your parents, don't respond. Okay. So that's my little safety factor there. How many of you were raised in a home where one of your parents was clearly dominant over the other parent? Raise your hand. I want you to look around, look around, look around. Keep your hand up real high if you would. So I'm going to say 50, 60% at least. Okay, so put your hand down if you would. Everywhere in the world that I ask that question, the same thing happens. Here's my second question. For those of you who just raised your hand and said that you had a clearly dominant parent, I have a hand raised too. Okay, how many of you would say that that had a negative impact on their marriage and the family? Raise your hand. Look around, look around. Every hand goes right back up. When I ask those two questions, people never go do this. Now, let me think. Was there a dominant parent? Everybody goes, yeah, you know, dad, he was on mine, you know. And did it have a negative impact? It sure did. You know, most of us were raised in a home where one of our parents dominated the other one. We had the wrong modeling of marriage before us. And I'm saying this, one of the things that you have to do is reject that. If you're a strong man like I was, you have to sit down and you have to make a decision. I'm going to use my strength to serve not to rule. I'm going to use the strength of my personality, same way with women. Because dominant people naturally think that their ways are better. They naturally think that, you know, somehow they have a right to rule or something like that. We don't. It's, it's wrong. It's a sin. Welcome back to the EXO Podcast. We are live with you right now on Facebook. Hello, Facebook audience. And we are live with the Willises as well. Hey guys, and hey Facebook. It's good to see you all today. The, uh, the Willises are great friends. They're now part of Marriage Today and what we're doing here. But this segment, we are going to be talking to them about questions from Facebook. And before <laughs> I say that, uh, we've got some t-shirts, Exo Tour t-shirt. This has all of our tour dates. And on the front it says Exo Tour. We actually have a Exo Tour crew shirt, and this is really special. I think Jimmy Evans touched this. <laughs> At least he was, he was in the room when this was created. I don't know. The shirt will um, the so, shirt will not get you behind the scenes. Exo crew, any... yeah, you can't use that to get back into anything <laughs> special. But people think you're awesome when you wear it. Exo mm-hmm. gold mug. This really is beautiful for the ladies. And an Exo swell model. So if we ask you, if we ask your question on Facebook from Facebook on the podcast today, we'll give you your option of what you want. 
that's what we're giving away. So there we go. Okay, guys, you ready for some questions? Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's go. First up, uh, this is uh, Regine Mann says, <clears throat> referencing Billy Graham's article in, in Advice About Grace, mm-hmm. so my husband knows this, but he's not living it. Help me. So we talked about Billy Graham's you know, life and, and his, his uh, message. Yeah, talking about how even uh, though you're not compatible, even though somebody's imperfect, it's having a foundation set in God that makes your relationship sustainable and able to last. Mm-hmm. What if one spouse isn't on the same page with you, that? How does she get her husband to be more like Billy Graham? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, grace is essential. I mean, really, grace is what makes, uh, you know, rebuilding a trust. I don't know what's happened here. There weren't a lot of specifics shared, but if there's maybe been, maybe something happened and he was disappointed in order for there to be kind of a healing there, you know, we have to extend grace to our spouse because if we don't, we're just going to kind of be stagnant and that's just not a good place to be. A marriage needs to constantly be growing. Yeah. And even in, in Billy Graham's marriage, I know it's, it's easy to like, they wanted the world to know that their marriage wasn't perfect. Right. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. want us to think that they had this idealized perfect fairy tale. Um, even Mrs. Graham, Billy Graham's wife was once asked, have you ever considered divorcing uh, Dr. Graham? And she said, I've never considered divorce, but I've considered murder a few times. <laughs> but she just said, every marriage goes through hard times. Yep. And she goes, we're, we're perfectly incompatible, but yep. you know, we, we serve each other and we, we love each other and love the Lord. And I think every marriage, you have to have that grace. You have to have that humor to be able to laugh about your differences. And instead of focusing on the, all the ways that we want our spouse to change, since it's never our job to change our spouse, only God can really change a person. He calls us to just love our spouse, not to fix them, not to change them. We can't do that even if we tried, but just to love them, pray for them, serve them, model for them um, what we hope they will do for us. And then really we have to trust the rest in God's hand. That's good stuff. Okay. Jody says, what are your thoughts about being in a relationship? One where we are talking about next steps to marriage with both having kids from a previous marriage and how you choose to prioritize the relationship ahead of the kids. It's going to be tough. a great question. We get asked that a lot. And we yeah. do. And, and I would say, I mean, that's obviously a blended family. There's some different dynamics that, that come with that and, and that you have to work through and, and with the children and with the previous spouses and things like that. And so I would say, you know, you still have to prioritize the marriage. You can't, you know, put the kids ahead of the marriage. And I know like we we've talked with blended families with this and that, that is very, very hard and delicate. That doesn't mean you're putting the kids on the back burner, but it means that you are investing in that relationship. And it's really the way that God designed it. Even, even with blended families that we have God first, our spouse next, and then our children. And when it's in that, in that kind of order, it's the relationship in the home life is much more balanced. Yeah. Cause the more you love God with God first, the more capacity you have to love your spouse. And then the more you love your spouse, the more capacity you have to love your children. Right. It's not like that your your heart only has so much love and you're giving 60% to your spouse, 20% to each kid. It's not how it works at all. Love is this never-ending supply that is God's filling us up. If we're pouring it out the way that he calls us to, there's plenty to go around. Now, I know there's some very specific logistics and dynamics in those blended family situations where you figure out what what does that look like? What does that feel like? And, and big picture, I mean, those are so specific and complex. It's more than we could do justice to uh, answer it in a minute or so. But if you just together say, we're going to put our relationship with Jesus first, and then we're going to love each other um, the way he's called us to, and then together we're going to love these kids and serve these kids, then there's going to be plenty of love to go around in that family. And then just keep 
keep reading and learning all you can, not only about marriage and about God's word, but but specifically um, about about blended families from those who've done it and done it well, because mm-hmm. there's some great examples out there of folks who've done it well, and you're, you're going to do just fine. Isn't the tendency to uh, want to protect the kids because they've just gone through this horrible traumatic mm-hmm. event, and so I think the human emotion is, you know, hey, you can't talk to my kids this way, or my kids need mm-hmm. to have this sort of environment, or you know, whatever it is that is that particular set of circumstances. So just having those meaningful conversations about where the kids are, but how does that, how does that new relationship form without there sort of being this growth there around the kids? And everything you said is good, but like practically speaking, when they're talking about um, their, their children, new children, their new life together, how do they, how do they showcase that to their kids without their kids feeling like, oh, great. I just went through this horrible circumstance and now I've got to deal with this new thing. That's a great question. Well, I think it depends on kind of the age and personalities of the kids. Even that's not a one size fits all, but depending on the age of the kids and the situation that you've come out of, um, I do think it's appropriate to let the kids be part of this, this process, you know, to, to have, have some family dates to have where even the process of like the courtship doesn't feel like, Oh, mom, your daddy's just being stolen away from us. But as much as possible to, you know, include the kids in that and reassure them that this, we, we, there's, we care about you and we love you and we're going to serve you and we lay down our lives for you. Um, but also let them know that there's going to be times when, when the two of you need, need time alone to, to focus on this, this new relationship. But I think that the more that the kids, if, if it's in an age appropriate way where they understand can kind of be brought alongside and enjoy the process together, going out kind of is this, this new forming family together um, I would think that the more that's going to help them be able to celebrate the, the union when the two of you do get married. That's good. I like that answer too. Those are both good answers. Okay, Wendy says, we got a lot of questions coming in. This is really good. Wendy says, how do I get my husband to initiate? Hi, Wendy on Facebook, first of all. How hey, do I, Wendy. How do, Wendy. How do I get my husband to initiate conversation that is meaningful and emotional? It's a great question, Wendy. And we, gosh, I think that that's, so many wives have that same question. And, and I would say that behind this, that men, you know, men and women obviously communicate a little bit differently. And there's this research that says that men are more prone to communicate on this kind of level you're talking about emotionally and connect more when they are side by side and doing an activity. Okay, this doesn't mean you can never have conversations face to face because that's ideal for women. So it's giving, you know, kind of serving each other in this way. So I would just encourage you go on a walk with your husband, go on a drive where you're side by side. And that's when you can start talking about those things or find an activity you all enjoy maybe doing together. I think it's disarming because especially when you're talking about emotional things, most men aren't willing just to go there automatically. It kind of loosens up um, the man, so to speak, just to kind of feel like he can let down his guard and, and engage in those kind of conversations. Good. So good. We have a question from Brittany, Sarah, Reese, Lindsay. She asks, or she starts out by saying, our marriage was in a horrible place for two, for years two through six. I finally asked for a divorce and my husband decided he wanted to do something to fix what was wrong. We got plugged into a great counselor and God has changed our marriage. We are in a way better place, but we still struggle with friendship. We're not good at being friends and I don't know where to start or how to encourage our marriage in that way. We don't have much fun with each other. Any thoughts or suggestions? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that you're, you're showing a lot of wisdom in a lot of ways. One, by seeking counsel, doing the things that you 
you've done and, and are doing to bring healing. I mean, that's, that's wonderful. And that's something to be celebrated. And so I would say, take the time to celebrate how far you've come okay. instead of being discouraged by how far you feel like you still have to go, because what's already happened is so worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. You're also wise in pointing out that friendship is important in marriage. In fact, we think it's one of the most important things. It's the foundation of, uh, of, every healthy marriage. And so if you feel like you don't have that friendship connection with your spouse, I'd say kind of go back to when you were first dating, what, what was it that brought you together then? What were those activities that you shared? Think about that. And not that you're just going to try to get in a time machine and go back to that, but now built on all this experience and this intimacy that you've built by coming through difficult things to try to recapture some of that, that you had in the dating stage, you know, look at activities that you like doing and he likes doing and maybe form some activities that you like doing together where you're just enjoying each other. Because I think you've been in a mindset for so long of the, where the marriage is work. Like you see the marriage mm-hmm. as work yeah. because it was broken and something that had to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And so you need to start training your minds and hearts not to look at the marriage just as a project we have to work on or a mess we have to clean up, but as a gift that we get yes. to unwrap every single day. And when you start looking at each other as that gift, something to be discovered and rediscovered every day, um, then I think that that you'll start to be captivated by each other. That that friendship and even romance um, can really butt out of that. But it's it's a process, especially after all the wounds that you've endured. It's not going to happen overnight. It's 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 going to be a process, but you'll get there. It's really good. Uh, okay, this is from Rafa. This is a good one because y'all are involved in your church uh, in regards to marriage and marriage ministry. Mm-hmm. And so Rafa and Francis say, my husband and I are leaders of marriage ministry at our church for about three years but we still don't see the motivation or enthusiasm to support this ministry. What can we do to have our church activate the important need of a marriage ministry? I think that's huge. And first of all, I'm glad that they're recognizing that this is important. I do think that churches are in such a unique position to pour into marriages and families. And, uh, you know, sadly, there are some churches that I think they shy away from addressing that from the pulpit because they feel like they're alienating those who are not married. And so uh, I I know that one thing... that has really helped our church is, is trying to, and this is kind of newer. I mean, it hasn't always been this way, but just trying to address marriage in in some way, maybe it's not necessarily the sermon series. That'd be great and ideal if it was, but having uh, these marriage groups announced from the pulpit in some way that lets more people know, if you start a Facebook page uh, or, or maybe have some Facebook posts for your church, if they have a Facebook page, I think it's just getting people where they are, getting the word out is, is half the battle. I mean, we actually, in our church, just did a marriage series. We formed a new um, engaged couples uh, marriage group, small group. And the first day, they didn't have anyone show up. And what we decided to do is we're going to plug this group throughout this whole series and they ended up having more than they could even have capacity for. And so they've started even an additional group. So a lot of times it's just because people don't know. So I would just encourage you kind of do the Facebook posts, get with your leadership and, and try to help them see that this, this isn't, you know, this, this really has a, a compounding effect that it's going to help the married couples, but it also helps families all around. And, and I'll just say as a pastor to, to any pastors that might be listening. And if, you know, you can take this and spread, spread this message to the pastors at your church Guys, if we're not focusing on marriages, then we are missing the mark. Like yeah. we are being so short-sighted. I think that when, when marriages are stronger, families are stronger. When, ma- when families are stronger, the church is stronger. Mm-hmm. And if we're not raising up the value of marriage and teaching people how to be married God's way, then we're just setting them up for disaster. And so, I mean, even if, if a church is taking it from just kind of a kind of a self-preservation approach, 
your your church is going to have more attenders, you know, more committed givers, you know, healthier, more stable families and leaders when they have a strong marriage. And you have a unique opportunity and I believe a responsibility to to raise up the value of marriage and give them the tools they need um, to be married God's way. And so the churches that are growing and thriving, they focus on marriage. It's something that you'll see in common of nearly every healthy and growing church in the world is they've recognized that this is a focus we need to make. And it's also an evangelism focus because people outside the church that might have no interest in going to church will show up to hear a teacher because they've looked everywhere else and no other way has worked. And it's because God's way is the only way that works. And so when you when you celebrate marriage and when you wave the banner for marriage, you're going to have lost people showed up that not only can strengthen their marriage, but you could introduce them to Christ for the first time. So there are countless reasons to focus on it. If you're in a church, though, where that's not happening and you're discouraged that it's not happening, uh, Rafa, keep keep doing what you're doing. Yes. You know, you be the difference right where you are to, to be the one to wave that banner, and God will honor those efforts. That's good. We have time for one more question. Do you have one in the queue that you like the best? Let's see here. Uh, great questions today, guys, from Facebook, and uh, we've got some swag to give away after this. Okay, how about one from Manuel? My wife comes home tired and at times often has nothing left for me, and I need to spend time with her. Um, how do I make her see that it's important to save energy for each other for the end of the day? That's huge. Um, you know, I think one of the best things you can do is kind of serve her kind of where she is. Draw her a bath. Like you draw her a hot bath and recognize that she's exhausted and she goes and takes that bath. I'm telling you, she will come out of that bathroom feeling a little bit better. It's kind of like recognizing, yes, you had a hard day and I'm sure you did too. You know, I mean, everybody's working hard, but just kind of, you know, recognize that, acknowledge that in her and then help her to be at her best. If there's other things, maybe she comes home exhausted because there's more that she has to do at home. Take some stuff off that list and make it so that she doesn't have so much that she's feeling kind of on her shoulders. And I believe that that when you can serve her in that way, she's going to feel more freedom to kind of engage with you and, and feel more in a romantic mood. That's good well. advice. Yeah. It's great stuff. Great. Good answers, guys. Thank you guys on Facebook for your questions. The Willises are now, you guys are going to be with us in Jacksonville. Yes, and em- Emily's our yeah. director of events, and she just gave everybody at the top of the podcast a list of places we're going, and y'all are going to be there with us. Yes. Oh, we can't yeah, wait. We Jacksonville, can't wait. Houston, Austin. It's going to be you awesome. Know, if you live in any of those areas, we, we hope to see you there. The EXO events class, if you've never been to a marriage conference or if you go all the time, I'm telling you, you will have an amazing time. And so we have a blast, you know, whether we're speaking or whether we're just listening and watching, it's, it's so well done what, what you and the team do. Absolutely. Good, good, good. So if you want to see them in April, join us there for Jacksonville or for Houston. We'd love to see you there. Thank you guys for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you all. Thanks guys. Bye. And uh, Bye. so we have a free devotional for you. If you go to marriage today.com forward slash Dave and Ashley Willis. You can get a free devotional from them. They are really, really good mm-hmm. at putting together material that can bless your marriage. That's why we're excited about having them a part of the team. And thank you guys today for being a part. Happy to be here. It's always nice to have some additional points of view and mm-hmm. uh, seeing your face, Emily, on the I, podcast today. I, it's been great. Thank you, Facebook audience. Please, yeah. yeah, please. This is one of the easiest ways you can do what you can do to share these things with your friend by blessing their marriage. Give them something they can use that's practical. It's easy to share it with them. From the clips that we post on Facebook, just, just a YouTube link, whatever it is, if you know somebody that's struggling or just need some marriage 
advice. We will be having guests throughout the year that will bless them. So subscribe to the feed. Thank you guys for listening to us on Facebook. Uh, We will see you guys next time on the XO Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,